you like to be active, you love exercise, and you just want to make sure you're getting the most out of your time spent sweating. There's so much conflicting information about the type of exercises to do and how often to do them that it can be hard to identify the workout program that best meets your needs. All About Fitness is here to answer any questions that you may have about exercise and the equipment and programs can help you achieve results in the shortest period of time. My name is Pete McCall and I've been a fitness educator for almost 15 years. If you have any questions about exercise, don't just ask a personal trainer who may have just received his or her certification last week. Ask someone who's been training trainers since flip phones, cassette tapes, and portable CD players were all the rage. Please note that all the information on this podcast is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting an exercise program, please consult your physician to identify any possible risk factors that could be a potential cause of injury. Are you a female fitness junkie? Do you love pushing yourself in your workouts to get results? Do you pay attention to your nutritional intake in an effort to maintain a consistent body weight? Are you at the phase of your life where having a baby is a serious consideration, but you're nervous because it might interfere with your fitness lifestyle? And guys, don't tune out because this information is important to you too. Even though you may not be considering starting a family now, you may at some point in the future. It will help to understand some of a woman's concerns about how her body will change over the course of her pregnancy. On today's episode of All About Fitness, I reached out to a friend who's a female exercise junkie and fitness educator who just happened to be at the end of her pregnancy. <laughs> I mean, really, at the end. Within 24 hours of recording our conversation about how to maintain fitness during a pregnancy, my guest today, Amy Nicotera, went into labor and welcomed her first baby, a boy, into the world. Which means that we got her at the end of her pregnancy. So her information about how you can stay fit during a pregnancy is extremely current and very practical. Besides the fact that she taught group fitness classes and filmed workout videos while she was pregnant, I wanted to interview Amy because she's a health educator who knows a lot about exercise science. Her experience is not only based on, on what she went through, but is also based on the latest understandings in exercise science because she's a geek and I know she read up on it before, before she got really active during the pregnancy. Besides being a trainer, group fitness instructor, and educator, Amy is an avid endurance athlete training for both road running and triathlon events. On All About Fitness today, Amy and I discuss some of the fears that women may have about becoming pregnant, as well as some specific strategies for staying active throughout the course of a pregnancy. If you're a little older and are trying for your first, this is especially relevant. You'll have to listen to hear Amy's exact age, but let's put it this way. She graduated college in a year that begins with a 1 and a 9. Today's podcast is meant to help listeners gain some practical experience about how to stay fit during the pregnancy, but in no way is meant to be medical advice. Let's face it, I'm a meathead with a master's degree in exercise science. While the information Amy and I talk about is evidence-based, it should in no way supplant your doctor's advice. If you have any questions at all about whether you should be exercising, what type of exercise you should be doing, or how hard you should be exercising during your pregnancy, or if you feel any serious medical changes at all during the course of your pregnancy, please hit stop now. Hit stop and call your doctor or your nurse. You have to take this seriously. You don't want to just ignore them because their advice will help you have the happiest, healthiest baby possible. That out of the way, I'd like to introduce one of my favorite people in fitness, Ms. Amy Nicotera. Amy, can you give us a little information about your background? 
Sure. Um, well, I've been in the fitness industry for over 20 years now. I've served in multiple capacities as a fitness instructor, personal trainer, wellness coordinator. I've even taught high school health, PE, and nutrition. So I've pretty much run the gamut of different aspects of the industry, but definitely health and fitness has been um, the theme throughout the last 20 or so years for me. I My education formally, my bachelor's of science is in nutrition, and I have a master's in health education in addition to various other industry certifications. Cool. And, that, and that's, I always like to qualify um, people's skills and people's experience so listeners kind of know who they're, who they're talking to. And what do, you, what do you do now? I mean, what's your, what's your primary role now as a fitness professional? Well, right now I teach group fitness classes, and I also have about 10 personal training clients. I train most of them in their homes. And I also work as a consultant for a couple different companies developing group fitness programming for their products or specific programming needs that they request. And so when you do that, what exactly are you doing? I mean, are you developing Group X classes or are you really you kind of coach them on how to use their products more efficiently? More so developing Group X classes that use their products efficiently. Okay, and with your experience, this is one question I'm going to be asking quite frequently so listeners can identify maybe bad habits. What do you think people do wrong in the health club now? What do you, what do you see? And I know that that's a huge list, but primarily, what do you think people could be doing better about their, their personal fitness programs if they're a member of a health club? If they're a member and a participant, yeah, group what could X. they do better? Yeah. We'll take it from the yeah. group exercise think, point well, of view. Well, I think a lot of group exercisers tend to take too many classes or don't give themselves enough recovery time. So I think being smart in your choices of what you're taking and make sure you have enough variability in your own routine, choosing, you know, I'm going to do a weights class Monday and then I'll do a high intensity cardio class on Tuesday, just changing things up and keeping some variety in the routine and setting aside, you know, not three hours a day at the gym, but just make make one hour really count or make 30 minutes really count. Um, I, I kind of see that as something that is a common thread through people who go through group exercise classes. And I, well, it's funny you say that because that conversation has come up a lot lately with, uh, with reporters I've spoken with and other professionals, and that's about recovery. Is I think a lot of uh, fitness consumers out there don't realize that the work you do in the gym is only a stimulus; it's a stress stimulus, and you need time to allow your body to recover. And what do you think? I mean, in, in kind of your opinion, what do you think a good if someone's a Group X junkie because we know those people exist? What do you think a good weekly schedule would look like? Well, I think there'd just be variety. You know, maybe it it is strength training one day, something more cardio-based another day, maybe something dance-based another day. I mean, the whole thing about group exercise is most people do it because they enjoy the group environment. It keeps them stimulated and engaged for an hour or approximately an hour. And it's fun. So you want people to do things that are fun. When people ask me, Hey, what's the best workout I can do? I always say it's the one that you're going to do regularly, you know, the one that you want to do. So it's great that they enjoy things, but I think as long as there's a little bit of variety in there, um, that's going to be the best, the best service to themselves in their body. 
and it, it makes them not burn out as much because there is a little bit of change and difference in their week. So, you know, a little strength, a little cardio, you know, a little movement, maybe some bar, um, you know, get in the pool, do a day on the weight training floor, you know, change it up, change it up and keep it fresh for themselves and for, you know, their body, their system. Do you think that's a common mistake that somebody may find a, a modality, whether it's group fitness or whether it's something in the gym, they may find, they may start loving, we'll use, you know, bar class for an example, and it's in no way, you know, a, a disrespect on bar, but, you know, they take their first bar class and go, oh my God, I love this, I love the way it makes me feel, and then all of a sudden it becomes all bar all the time. Is that a mistake? I, I think so. I think so. I think it's great that they're doing something that they love. But I think in the long run, you got to mix it up. I see it a lot with high-intensity training classes. People want to get in, and they want to feel like they're going to die, and they feel like that every day. And that's not the, – the best thing for you is not to necessarily feel like you're going to die every day. Elite athletes don't, tr- you know, puke every day. They maybe puke once a week, right? <laughs> so it's, it's like you've got to change it up a little bit and find that balance. I think it's hard for people to find a nice balance um, between different modalities. So I, I think it would be a mistake to do the same thing every day. I'll, ta- I'll tell you, hey, it's better than sitting on the couch. It's better than nothing. And at least you're enjoying yourself and you're getting out there. And anything's better than, you know, doing nothing. But optimally, I bet they'll feel a lot better if they change it up and do some different different activities. And, that, and that's, I think, an, an important thing is just being consistent. Even for people that don't go to the health club, it's a matter of finding different activities. Maybe it's going for a long walk one day, a bike ride another. Because I really think that fitness is given a mixed message of you have to do uh, 100% all the time. You have to always be going. You have to always be working hard and and instead i think the opposite is true how do you promote that in your group fitness classes how do you promote recovery and and the regeneration well for instance in some of my strength training classes we have a constant discussion about slowing down so we talk about hey sometimes it's great to move fast and quickly and sometimes it's great to move slowly so we're going to do both in this class you know it that's a little bit more movement based not directly answering your question but you know people get in this groove where they got to go 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 and they're so overstimulated they want to just hit it hard and go quick in everything that they do and i try to take the time to explain to them that our body reacts differently when we move slowly and when we move quickly so we want to do both and that's the same thing when we talk about recovery. You know, you don't need to do this every day as all out as hard as you can. And, you know, changing it up or doing something different like taking yoga or staying still and breathing or exploring meditation, all of those things help you in so many different ways. Um, I, I try to encourage people to do that. I try to encourage people. And on that note, I think anytime I talk to strength coaches, you know, professional level or collegiate or otherwise, I always ask them what are the recovery strategies for their athletes because you hit it right on the head. I mean, when you look at high-performing athletes, they, they, there's a lot, especially the closer they get to competition, there's a lot more down recovery time than there is high-intensity pushing time. And so there's a, in my opinion, there's a dichotomy between what athletes do to prepare for a competition, whether they're endurance, whether they're, um, you know, cycling and what they, and how fitness people behave. One of the other people I've interviewed for the show is uh, Sonia friend who is um, a couple years older than, you know, she's 45 and she's one of the elite runners in the 1500 to 5,000 K class. 
I mean, we're talking like world record at pace. And her, her message was really focused on the recovery. So I think that's a very, you know, it's just sometimes people don't, people have a hard time hearing that, right? Because they're used to instructors telling them to go. And when you tell them to slow down, do you think that's hard for them? Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, I think it's part our fault as fitness professionals because this is, for example, I see it in cycling classes all the time where every instructor wants to be that instructor that kills people and they want the room hot and they want everybody to feel like their class is the hardest and the sweatiest. So then people that come every day at 5.30 or three to four times a week and they take a class, they're dying every class. They're going all out. Whereas if you were really a cyclist and you're really training for a race, you don't do that. You do that maybe once a week, right? And then your other days are a lot more moderate or their tempo, or it's a long, steady, you know, ride. Yeah. And so we mix professionals and people who are really interested in performing well, mix it up. So in my personal experience, there have been times where I have asked to do an endurance ride for an hour and we, we kept it like 75% intensity the whole entire time. And it took people a while to get it, but they got it and it was a full class and it was awesome. But it takes a lot of patience, it takes good coaching, and it takes a little bit of time for you to sell it to the people or your members about how they're going to feel more rejuvenated. And they're not going to, they're going to feel like it was work, but it's not as like they're spent and they can't even move at the end of the workout or something like that. So I think, so I think it's our fault, you know, gyms, we, it's a business, we cater to the members they want everything hard, and for some reason, we think they're smarter than us as professionals, and we do what they want, when we should really be scheduling high-intensity workout or a low-intensity ride, or you know what I mean? Totally. Mixing it up for them so that they can make educated decisions. But well, I think that's a part of it is lunatics running the asylum is catering to the members, but I, I think you also hit upon a great thing. And that's a, you know, you and I have years of experience, and we know what we're talking about, so we're more confident in delivering that message. Because I, I do the same thing where I, I purposely make some of my cycling classes lower intensity because, and I tell the members that, I'm like, look, I know you're getting crushed in other classes. And if you're getting crushed and if you're not, you know, because people also cut calories. If they cut calories and they're training at a high intensity or they're trying to restrict carbohydrates, they don't refuel. Their muscles are not going to be refueling and they're going to end up catabolizing muscle protein. They're not going to be training they're not going to be burning fat. They're going to be, yeah. you know, burning protein for fuel. And so I coach them up on that. I give them, you know, I don't go into full on lecture, but, but I tell them, here's the benefit of that, you know, and, and, and I think you have the confidence to do the same thing. So that's a huge, so for people listening, look at, look at your instructor's experience, how long they've been in the industry, because the, the people that have been doing this longer understand the different cycles. I mean, would you agree with that? Is that, is that an accurate state statement? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think it helps that, like personally, I ride a bike, I do triathlons, I run a marathon. So when I'm out there and they see me place top 10 in my age group, they have a little bit more respect. You know, I'm not like awesome, but I'm good enough to be a good recreational, you know, athlete. And I think you, when you, not that I go in there and say, okay, this is what I'm racing, but I think when you share with them, hey, you know what, when you can sit in the saddle for a long time yeah. and maintain, you know, a good work rate without going breathless, that's, that's how you win. That's how you beat the other guy. And, and, you know, there's some people in there who are training for things and I think they start to understand and respect where you're coming from. And they see that, 
you, you get results and you know, you're, I, I consider myself pretty sane. I'm, I'm not like an extremist in anything. I don't like run every day, 40 million miles. You know what I mean? And I, and I think they see that and it's easy. It's an easier sell for me because I'm confident in, like you said, been in the, the industry longer. Plus I really do real things outside of the group fitness room. And I think they can appreciate that. Yeah. And, and I, I, and I think it's worth sharing, you know? And I think that's important. And on that note, that brings us to, you know, I think that's an actually excellent segue into why we're talking today. And that's, you know, for, you know, this is an audio podcast, so people can't, can't see, but but, but what's happening with you right now, besides being an instructor, uh, racer, and just overall awesome person, what's, what's happening right now? Well, right now (laughs) I'm 38 weeks pregnant, so I'm about to have a baby any day now. And that's why I wanted to talk with you today because I think you know, what I'm trying to do with this podcast is give, give the background of, of fitness and why we do exercise. And I can sit there and talk about the physiology of, of pregnancy and how the body changes, but I wanted to, um, in shameful interest and in personal interest, I wanted to take advantage of your, where you are right now. And, 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 but here from, in all honesty, here from a first-person perspective, from an instructor with years of experience and from, from somebody who trains, how has... How have you adjusted your exercise during your pregnancy? You're at 38 weeks, so you're due soon. And yeah. um, for people that haven't seen I, seen you, you are a petite woman, and you are um, – it's definitely pregnant. So how have you adjusted your, your training? Well, um, I, I've actually – right up to yesterday, I, I've kept my full nine classes a week load. Um, and there are a variety of classes from weights, Viper, cycling. So I, I do different things. Um, I, I've maintained that the entire time. There wasn't any time where I felt uncomfortable or unsafe. And I've actually just kind of switched yesterday because it was the end of the month. And it's a, I think it's more easier. It's easier for managers to kind of have instructors take over on that month switch. So I'm still going to work out and I'm going to take advantage of the time and take some classes. Um, but I didn't have to adjust any of that until right now. And that's not because of physical need. It's just because it's convenient for people. Um, I was running a lot and I actually did at 20 weeks, I ran a half marathon and I was actually pacing a friend who wanted to get under two hours and we did it. Minus several potty breaks for me, <laughs> but we, we did it and it, she was psyched. So that was awesome. Um, I haven't ridden my road bike or my tri bike just because it's too, too, you're too smushed in that angle. My tri bike is so aerodynamic. I just can't even think about being in that position right now. Um, plus, you know, every time, every once in a while you fall over on your bike and I, you know, I want to be safe. So I got out the biking on my legs. I'm going to take a brief break real quick to give a little word from the sponsors of all about fitness. Vicor fitness makes workout benches that mold to your body, leading to a more comfortable workout experience that is easier on your joints. Please go to Vicor, V I C O R E fitness.com for more details. While you're there, look for the new TerraCore a brand new workout platform that provides a unique training challenge that can help boost your total body strength. All About Fitness is brought to you by Active Motion Bar. Doing the same lifts over and over can create potential injuries. Using a dynamic variable resistance is one way to avoid your overuse injuries. In each Active Motion Bar, 30% of the mass will move as the bar moves, creating a unique challenge that's been found to be up to 170% more effective 
than standard weight bars. Go to Active Motion Bar, A-C-T-I-V MotionBar.com for more details. Active Motion Bar, let the resistance move you. Now back to the conversation. Overall, so you felt good. I mean, have you felt that exercise, and, and, and for listeners, Amy's extremely fit, so she wasn't starting, it's not like she decided to start exercising when, when she got pregnant, but um, I think it's very important that people realize that it, you can exercise during pregnancy and how how do you think that has helped you? I mean, how have your how have your doctor's visits been? Well, they've been great. And actually, when I chose my doctor, I did a little research. And, and when I first met him the first day, I sat in his office and I looked around his walls, and there were a few marathon medals and triathlon medals. So I knew it was a good fit. So I think one really important thing is to find someone who is, you know, up to date on safety and guidelines and really understands how if your body is used to something and you don't have any complications, that it's really okay to go ahead and kind of maintain what you're doing. As long as you're staying in communication with your doctor and everything is looking good along the way and there's no change in, you know, blood pressure or there's no major complications. So doctor visits went well. Um, One thing that I think is worth mentioning is at certain times, uh, you know, paying attention to the heat and how hydrated you are Mm. is really important. And there were a couple times where I'd get random cramps. They weren't super uncomfortable, but it kind of felt like a side stitch or something like that. And, you know, I, I didn't, I don't know why I didn't think about this, but I always, of course, think about electrolytes when I'm racing or doing a long event. I don't think about it when I'm teaching an hour class or a 45 minute cycling ride, you know? So they reminded me, my doctor reminded me, I live in Miami, so it's hot and humid all the time. Yeah. And I think that's important because, because I think that's one of the things, and I, and I teach, um, a class in, in a college on special populations, and the, and the thing I always point out for pregnancy is it's much harder to thermoregulate a fetus. So, it, and the fetus really receives a lot of hydration through the mother. And so, I think the most important thing for um, you know women that exercise during pregnancy is to pay attention to that. So, I think it's really. It, it, did you start really monitoring your your electrolytes as when you, once you realized that? Yeah, I did. I totally did. And I felt like a kind of a jerk because I'm like, how can I do this for a living and not realize I need more electrolytes? But I don't know. I didn't even think of it because I think of it only on long periods of, you know, training sessions. And so I would, they told me to try coconut water and a couple of other things. And so I, I ended up doing actually um, some the, of the low calorie Gatorade without any of the colors in it. <laughs> Because I was like, didn't want to get into a bunch of artificial stuff, but there's a ton of there's a ton of product out there now for you know getting electrolytes in a pretty natural way. So once they recommended that, I, I did that, and I I completely noticed the difference. I there were days I honestly felt like I could race that day. I felt so good. And, and just for for listeners, electrolytes are like calcium, magnesium, potassium, and sodium, and they help with muscle they help with muscle contraction and they help with uh, firing the muscle to help with firing muscle and activating muscle. So if you get, if your electrolytes get low, that's where cramping can come in because, you know, that's a sign of a sodium or potassium deficiency. And it's really important. I think that's what you've noticed is that it's important to monitor that. And, and you not only have to do a sports drink, but, you know, what, what, what did you find worked best for you? 
Well, I actually don't like coconut water. I feel really bad saying that as a fitness professional, but I just don't really prefer it. And now everyone knows. But um, I I did do the low-calorie Gatorade, the G2, and I did. There were a couple flavors that are just clear-colored, so there wasn't any artificial coloring in it. And I did those. I just did those little mini bottles. I'd bring them with me to a class, and, and that helped me. And if I knew I was going to have a day where maybe I taught three classes or I was going to go outside and it was going to be hot, I would purposely increase my salt intake. Like I'd have some pretzels or, or something like that, or I'd put some salt on food, which I typically don't. So I was just a little bit more aware of that. that and, and that's, you know, you have the background education. Now, have, did you change, on that note, did you change your nutrition much? I mean, I know you're pretty, you're pretty health conscious and, and you only try to limit yourself to McDonald's for, for breakfast and dinner. But, um, you know, how did you train your, change your nutrition much for, you know, for your pregnancy? I, I didn't really change too much. And one, one of the things that I really had an issue with was I, I didn't, I was lucky not to have any morning sickness or anything like that. But I did have really bad heartburn for a while, and I didn't find it related to any specific foods. And I did notice I got full really fast. And if anybody knows me, I can pretty much chow down pretty well. And I could not eat as much as I would usually. So that changed a little. I tended to eat smaller meals more frequently. Um, and I, I didn't go crazy eating junk food, but if I, I just did it like I normally would, if I felt like having a cookie, I'd have a cookie, you know, I, I just pretty much ate normal. I didn't do anything too extreme, but I also didn't have any major cravings. I didn't have any cool stories to tell. So nothing, you know, nothing like running out and getting pickles, pickles and ice cream that, you know, the the old, the superstitions that, that hasn't affected you. I just did my normal thing where if I felt like going to get a frozen yogurt, I'd go get one, you know, or I didn't, I don't typically keep a lot of junk in the house. So, you know. And, and now, um, you know, the other thing with that, do you, how do you feel, how do you feel during each, each trimester? Cause one of the things that, that just having read this and that's why I appreciate talking to you is I can read the physiology. That's easy to do, but hearing from the first person perspective, and I've been through, um, two, two pregnancies myself as the husband and, and seeing that, um, but it's to take advantage of your experience and education and, and, and what you do as a, as an instructor, I think is very important for listeners, but how did you feel from trimester to trimester? Like what, what changed and how are your energy levels? Actually, as I look back, I think the first trimester, I was probably the most fatigued, Yeah. but it was, I just felt tired a little bit more than usual. Um, I didn't feel any major physical pains. I was lucky enough. Like I said, I didn't experience any morning sickness. Um, but I did feel a little bit more fatigued in my first trimester. And then since then, I haven't really been, um, you know, once in a while, if it's a long day or I get up really early, I'll, I'll take a nap, but I used to do that anyways when I wasn't pregnant. So I, I do feel like there are times where I just feel a little bit more pooped out, but it's for me, my experience hasn't been traumatic. I know I hear stories of people who were just like totally wiped out. For me, that didn't really happen, but I I understand that it can. Well, anecdotally, from you know my years being an instructor and, and training, and I've worked with maybe a dozen or so women 
who were pregnant when they were clients of mine and more than a few dozen that, that took Group X classes. And what I always consistently heard was during that first trimester, your lower energy. You know, and the physiology of that is your body hasn't caught up with producing the hemoglobin and the blood platelets to carry oxygen to both you and the fetus. So therefore, you need that extra sleep. And, and you know, with my wife, during each of the first trimesters, it was like she'd go to bed at 8 o'clock at night. So I was back in my bachelor days and got to watch a lot of junk TV, you know, without having to argue over, over the remote, um, you know, especially during, during the first one. During the second one, I was too busy taking care of, you know, the first kid to, to really... <laughs> to take advantage of that. But um, did you feel that extra energy boost? And that's what I've heard from, from my wife and from other, other clients is by into the tri- second trimester, you kind of now that the, you, you get your blood volume is up and your, your oxygen content is up and the iron and hemoglobin and all that stuff in the blood, did you feel kind of like a little turbo boost after that? You know, after that first trimester, I will say there were, I, I felt great. There, there were times where I, be on the bike and I felt like a freaking rock star. Like I really, you know, if you're an athlete and you run or you race, you have those moments where you're like, I feel like I could just, you know, rock it today. There were days where I felt like that and I felt really strong. I didn't, I couldn't feel any discomfort. So I, I guess I would say yes. I mean, I definitely didn't feel as fatigued as those first couple of months. Um, that's it, really. No, and I, I think that's important. And, and the other thing um, I think for listeners is, and a gentleman will ever say this, you, you've, you've mentioned how long that you've been in the fitness industry. And, um, you know, I, I also am interested because a lot of women are getting pregnant later now. And you're, you know, do you mind talking about that a little bit in terms of your, your age and experience? I mean, I, I think that's very important because I think two things. One, I think um, women are nervous about exercising when they're pregnant, period. And two, I think especially for women over a certain age, and especially if they've been trying to have kids for a while, they're going to be very concerned about doing anything that could could stress the fetus. So I think it's very important to kind of hear that from your perspective. So do you mind sharing that? No, not at all. I'm 40 years old, so I was pregnant when I was 39, and I'll give birth when I'm 40. Um, one thing I think is really important to understand, though, is it depends on your situation. If you've been trying to have children and you've done in vitro and you have complications or something like that, it it may be very important for you to be careful and to be a little, little bit more cautious. Um, I, I don't think there would be anybody that would say, like, don't do anything, don't walk. Um, so I think you just got to pay attention attention to your body, work with your doctor, make sure you're working with a doctor who is, knows what they're doing, knows what your history is and, and do what you feel comfortable with. You know, if you feel nervous or you feel stressed out about adding exercise or something like that, and it, it feels like it's going to be more, do more harm than good, then maybe you should curtail it. I don't want to tell everybody like, Hey, my experience is how it is. For me, it wasn't a problem because it was already a lifestyle and I was already so used to it and I did not have any complications. I didn't have anything that I needed to be overly concerned about. So for me, my experience, it was fine. But I I do think it is important to be empathetic towards others and just see where they're coming from. But it doesn't have to be where you're not moving at all, you know, or you're just sitting around. 
And I think that's important because I think there are a lot of women out there like you, Amy, who are, you know, professionals, they're busy. And I'm not talking about fitness. I'm just talking about women who work, period, but yeah. who take good care of themselves. They exercise every day. They, they're, they're fit and they, they do all that. And I think there's so much misinformation and so many kind of like superstitions about, you know, there's that whole thing a number of years ago, women should not exercise, period. <laughs> you know, years ago, I mean, uh, you know, women shouldn't exercise, but then women shouldn't exercise during pregnancy. And then it was women should monitor their heart rate and not go above a certain heart rate. And now, um, you know, what the ACOG, American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists is suggesting is that if you're active before, continue your activity levels and listen to your body. And in your, that sounds like that's been your experience. Is that correct? Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting because ACOG just came out with some new stuff in December of 2015. And it was, you remember, you weren't supposed to lay on your back for any time at all, only on your sides. And now they've realized, okay, well, you can lay on your back just for extended periods of time. So I think it's really important to notice the progressions over time. And also, I had this conversation with a woman just recently who is a doctor, actually. And we were talking about, like, back in the day when people, like, farmed and stuff. You know, women who got pregnant, there's no way that they just, like, sat around on the farm and didn't do anything. I'm sure they were doing chores, and and maybe that's why it was easier for them. Or, you know, you never heard about that. And then we kind of went through it in era where everybody got a lot more cautious about things. So it's, it's interesting, you know, how life comes full circle and we realize naturally what's really good for us. So, and that's, I, and actually to come I, back I, to I that, do think it's, cause sorry, because you cut out for a second there. And I think, I think it is what Amy said was, um, you know, the college of obstetrician and gynecologists, ACOG, uh, just recently changed their recommendation and, and they, they're not recommending against, you know, cause for years they've said, don't lay on your back. But what they're saying is you can lay on your back only for limited times. And so if you are, um, if you do exercise regularly and you're thinking about getting pregnant or you are pregnant, you can go to that website, uh, American College of Obstetrician and Gynecologists. I'll put it down in the show notes so that you have a little bit of reference to that. Um, now, as we wind down, Amy, do you have any specific kind of recommendations on what, just based on your experience and your knowledge, I mean, what, what do you think women should do if, if they, you know, if they're fit, if they are in the fit lifestyle, how do you think they, they adjust their lifestyle for their pregnancy? Well, I I think number one, you just said it. First of all, I think you should already have a fit lifestyle. If you are already fit and you're healthy and you kind of live a a, a good balanced life, you're going to be ready for things that come at you more. You know, whether it's when you get sick, you're going to recover better. Whether you get injured, you're going to recover more quickly. Whether you get pregnant or not, you're going to have, I think, a really much better experience if you're already, you know, set up in a healthy way and a healthy active lifestyle. And, and that's, and, so I and, think that's number one. If you go ahead. No, I was to say, I think in, in what research has shown, and this is, and this is actually a good, good question, but um, there's been one study that looked at women who exercise during pregnancy and their kids um, tested better developmentally at, I think, five years old. They looked at they looked at the kids up to five years old and, and the, and the women who exercise all through the, the term full term of their pregnancy their kids had better overall cognitive development. 
And and now what 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 the, the, that research didn't answer was that research didn't answer was that because a woman who maybe exercises during the pregnancy might be at a higher income level or a higher education level and therefore is making different life choices. And I don't think that was controlled in the study, or was it for other things? But I just think it was a very interesting to note that, and this is just with our friends because we have a group of friends. Um, we've all had kids around the same time, and just seeing how the kids interact. I mean, it, you know, there's a lot, and, and they're all the, the mothers were all went to my wife's uh, group exercise classes, and that's how they all met. They all got pregnant about the same time. Um, there's one of your existing kids right now, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that you already have three. One of them. You already have three four-legged. You already have three four-legged kids, and they're yeah. saying, "Hey, we need you right now." But I yeah. think that's the important thing: is that is that um, it can be good for for the kid as well as well as for the mother. And so, what's your second recommendation for uh, for for women? Well, women? I think it's I think it's really important to remember that it's your own experience, and a million everybody's going to share their experience with you, and everybody's going to tell you you well this is what happened to me and I had trouble with this and my baby didn't sleep or my baby slept the first night home from the hospital or I was sick the whole, whole time you know I think it's really important to just honor your own journey and your own experience listen to how your body feels and make the best decisions that you can based on what you're feeling and what your body's doing and your own discussions with your doctor and do some research. You know, if you're not sure, ask a lot of questions. Look some stuff up. Um, if find find a practice or a you know a doctor or a medical practice that you're going to that that that's open about you know exercise and moving forward. And um, I, I think that's really important. And just honor how you feel. Sometimes I get we so or I think women in general we just judge each other all the time about, I can't believe she's doing that, or I, I can't believe she's still running, or I can't believe she's eating that and she's pregnant. You know, it's just like, we're all having our own experience. You got to do what you feel is best for you based on the most information that you can gather that seems appropriate for you. And you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And mil- I, I say to myself, this is my first child. Millions of women have been having millions of kids for a mil- long time. And everybody's fine. So not everybody's fine, but you know what I'm saying. No, There's no, it, it, for the most part, you know, you look at that. And now has there been any, um, as you've, and again, you're, 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 you're relatively, you know, you're, you're, you're a small friend woman. Has there been, has it been more difficult now as you're, you're almost at full term? Is it, is you find it more challenging to move? And, and for people that, that don't know, and I'll put her website down in the uh, in the show notes, Amy does something called Workout Wednesdays where she posts different workout videos every Wednesday. And it's been interesting to watch that progression <laughs> every week, week to week. I've seen you, I've seen you, you know, develop, you know, grow at a distance. You know, I'm on one side of the country, you're on the other. Um, has there been any any challenge as, as someone who's small framed the further along now that you're almost full term? You know, it's interesting that you asked that, but I, I really haven't felt that uncomfortable. You know, there's a few things I had to adjust, like maybe my range of motion when I squat or my foot placement when I squat, just because I have this big belly now. Um, other things like tying my shoes and bending over, those things I've had to adjust a little bit. Um, you know, I haven't, I've been fortunate enough not to have a lot of pain. I haven't had any low back pain uh, the only thing that has happened and it comes and goes is like my SI joint a little bit. 
And I haven't even experienced that on a regular basis. So I've been lucky enough and fortunate enough not to have, you know, I haven't had any aches and pains that have been really annoying or have stopped me from doing anything. And I think, I'll tell you one thing, go ahead. though, I do want to share this. Being pregnant has made me, as a fitness instructor, very, very, very much more empathetic towards others who, you know, might have a, a larger midsection or who might be pregnant or who might just have a belly. You know, you, sometimes I think when we're fit and we just do it all the time, we, we forget how hard it is to kind of just get off the floor. And then there are moments in my classes right now where I'm on the floor demonstrating something and I tell them, okay, don't look at me right now. And I feel like I roll <laughs> over like a sausage and, just walk around the room. and they laugh, but it, it does make me feel like it has made me a lot more aware of, you know, just being empathetic towards people about natural movements, like tying your shoe or bending over and picking something up. And, you know, that, that has changed for me. I've been much more aware of that, but as far as pain goes, I've been, lucky enough not to have experienced much at all well that's awesome and so i think uh with that we'll start now have you experienced much weight gain i know the average and this is important for women because i've seen women in health clubs i I know one woman who had to be admitted to bed rest at i forget what week it was um you know she wasn't a close friend but she was somebody that would come to classes because she didn't eat enough and her body she didn't you know she wasn't gaining enough weight and the average weight you know according to the recommendations average weight gain during a woman's pregnancy is 25 to about 30 pounds and that's going to be different for every woman i'll be very clear about that but have you um how have you adjusted or how have you kind of accepted the the the, the natural weight gain that occurs with a pregnancy well, I'll tell you, it's, it's a lot different. <laughs> it feels a lot different, but I've gained about 29 or 30 pounds right right to today. So I just went to the doctors earlier today. So, and honestly, like it's all in my belly and I haven't, I mean, people still come up to me and they're like, I can't believe how ripped you look, or I can't believe how you can look so muscular, but you know, I, I don't know. I just have kept it moving and I think it's something that you just have to like naturally accept like, Hey, this is going to happen. It's not about me right now and how I look necessarily. It's about being healthy and making sure the baby's healthy. And you know, when you're used to being fit and you're not used to having a big belly, I think it is mentally a little bit of a challenge. Um, but I think you have to accept that your body's going to change. It's doing a miraculous task you know, that only women get the blessing to be able to do. So well, I think no, you my, just got to go with the flow a little. Well, my sister-in-law, when she was pregnant, wore a, uh, wore a, um, wore a t-shirt that said, you know, I can create a life. What's your superpower? And it kind of puts yeah. things, it kind of puts things in perspective. Well, I thank Amy. I want to thank you for your time. And I want to, and I really want to thank you for sharing your information, uh, for, for listeners that, uh, that they're interested in learning more about Amy, um, your website, what's your website? It's amynicotera.com, or you can actually go to my Vimeo channel, which is just Amy Nicotera Fitness, and it's on Vimeo, and I have all my workout Wednesdays up there, so there's a, over 100 videos of workout moves that you can do, and you can follow me on Vimeo or Facebook, Amy Nicotera Fitness. And you also have a number of fitness videos, correct, that, that people can, if they're interested in working out from home, that they can purchase from you or, or download from you? Yep, you can go to my website, and I have six DVDs out right now that are 
um, actually, yeah, that are available. So there's actually nine available. So you can buy whatever, whatever you want to buy. There's a take 20 series where there are 20 minute workouts. And then there's another series called two by two. So, um, two by two conditioning is just two minutes cardio, two minutes strength, and it alternates. So those are also available on my website, Amy and Amy and I met a few years ago at a. We we're both uh, invited to an instructor um, instructor training, and I've just you know over, over the time that I've known her, I've been impressed with her exercise, her program design, her program selection, and so if you're interested in home workouts, I really have a very, I strongly recommend her. I wouldn't I wouldn't bring anybody on who I didn't believe was a uh, very legitimate professional and, and who didn't have something to offer, and Amy definitely does. So Amy, I really appreciate your time today, and I appreciate sharing your experience. And for people that want to learn more. You can see, find her contact information in the show notes. Thank you, Pete, for having me. I appreciate it. Well, you can see from the conversation that uh, we definitely talked about a lot, and hopefully you got a few good ideas um, for how you can maintain your fitness level throughout the course of your pregnancy. Now, one of the reasons I decided to start doing the All About Fitness podcast is because when I look around, I realize I have the opportunity to work with many phenomenal people who know a lot about fitness, and Amy definitely falls into that category. Now, I get concerned when I see alleged fitness celebrities or celebrity fitness trainers give advice that is, in my opinion, pure garbage. It is perfectly okay for women to lift more than three pounds at a time, and no, riding in a convertible will not help you burn more calories. Nothing significant anyways. The fact is there's so much misinformation out there. There's so much garbage and nonsense promoted as fitness advice that I really, I wanted to, and I got the opportunity to work with so many talented, smart, caring fitness professionals that I want to help share what they have to say to a larger audience. So anybody I have on my podcast, I want you to know and understand and trust that anybody I have on this podcast is somebody who's qualified to be giving fitness advice. We're not just trying to promote a product or anything like that, but these are serious professionals with years and years of experience who want to see people get better. Hopefully my conversation with Amy about how she maintained her fitness during her pregnancy was helpful and informative. And I'm 100% serious. I mean, within I, we, got, we recorded the, the podcast on one day. The next day, boom, she, she gave birth to her baby. Um, and so it was really that, that close. And my wife and I were older when we had our two babies. I turned 40 the year we had our first. Because my wife was older, we paid close attention to her medical status throughout the course of her pregnancy. And she was able to actively teach group fitness up until a few days before going into labor. So if you're a little bit older, don't let that stop you. Don't let your fear of weight gain or anything like that stop you. You, will, you can get your body back. You know, understand, please do the research. Ask your doctor for information. But generally, you should be able to enjoy your favorite activities throughout the course of your pregnancy. There are a few exceptions, but any mainstream fitness activities that you're doing now, you should be able to do. You may have to make a few adjustments as your body changes, but you still should be able to just maintain your active lifestyle. Don't let any misperceptions keep you from starting a family. And once you do have a baby, if you exercise during the pregnancy... Research and experience shows that you can return to working out in a relatively short period of time, and it may take you a few months, but you will get your body back. I've seen my wife do it. I've seen numerous women over the years do that. Don't let it stop you. When I record these conversations, I do have prepared questions and a specific line of thought that I'm trying to 
follow. But I also like to let the conversation flow. Many times when fitness educators get together, we like to geek out and talk about you know exercise science, whether it's the latest research or a current trend. But you can always trust that when a couple of us get together, we have some fun, insightful, and interesting conversations with which I'm trying to bring to you with this podcast. If you like all about fitness and find it helpful, please take a moment to provide a review on either iTunes or Google Play. If you have any specific questions or would like to hear from any particular fitness personalities, please go to my website, www.petemccallfitness.com and send me an email. You can also follow me at PeteMC underscore fitness on Twitter or at PeteMcCall underscore fitness on Instagram. Anyway, I'm working on multiple platforms. I'm working on putting together a YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is All About Fitness Podcast. I got a few things up there now um, and more will be coming later. So YouTube, it's All About Fitness Podcast. Uh, if you're looking for information and just are trying to you know, fill your fitness junkie needs, uh, please keep coming back and I, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to try to help you live the healthiest, happiest lifestyle possible. Thanks for tuning in and until next time, have a great day.